Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I am Jen, GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. How's it going, GR Dad? Life's a rich tapestry, Jen. Yeah, it sure is. I can't give an excellent, excellent for that one today. Bink, get your nose out of my pants. <laughs> she had her head up my pant leg. Bink. Do you have snacks in your pocket? Perhaps. Okay. I'll check. Bink is checking, too. The cocktail of the week this week. So, uh... <laughs> Not me, by the way. Not me. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh, you guys. This is a <laughs> clown show. This is what we wanted to talk about today. Oh, my God. Uh, so when we were in Maryland, I had seen a TikTok from someone buying Old Bay vodka. And I was like, I must have this. Must have more vodka. <laughs> And I did indeed on the last day we were there, last full day, uh, go to the Montgomery County liquor store and I bought two bottles of Old Bay vodka, one for each house. Like you were like on the way to the airport and you made a detour especially for that and it, 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 I respect that so much. Must get it. So, so good. I got it and I was prepared for it to be extremely bad and it's extremely good. Like you can barely like if you're looking for the old bay you go like maybe there's a hint of celery seed and it's got a sort of generically spicy finish but not like super much and it's a very good vodka yeah it's a it's like i mean they could have just dumped visible old bay in vodka right <laughs> that could. would be like what i would have done the garage band version of this would have been like take a bunch of vodka and just pour old bay in it until the whole thing's orange yeah and that would have been gross but but it would have been an homage you know it would have been like the thing like yeah. that's a bro bro version of doing it this is more like an homage it actually has slight flavors of old bay very slight that though. don't overwhelm unlike old bay that don't <laughs> overwhelm the, the whatever mix you're doing it's it's very nice and just in case we have any followers who are not familiar with old bay because it certainly is a maryland thing I what mean, are you, you not from maryland anywhere. You can get it everywhere, but Old Bay is a, a seasoning and it comes in sort of a, like a rectangular tin. Tin, oh, and uh, so It's so iconic. The packaging is great. Yeah, it's salty. It's got celery seed in it. Um, you know, kind of it's kind of like seasoning salt. But it's red, salty, peppery mix. And it's mostly caked on blue crabs. On crabs. C caked. <laughs> I mean, I think they, and it's almost like crust on there, on the on the crabs, which if you do it of course right. you don't lick the crabs. You don't eat the crabs that way. You know, you're yep. eating the meat inside the cake, inside the shell. Yeah. But still, it has a whole Old Bay thing with it when you eat Maryland crabs. Yeah. So I had just tasted it, took a little sip out of the bottle, and I was like, wow, this is excellent vodka. Mm -hmm. Um but the bottle on the neck of the bottle there's like a little ring and it has recipes so you know you can do a bay tonic which is just old bay vodka and tonic um you can do a bloody mary and when i posted about this on instagram that was a bunch of suggestions and in fact george's beverage company who is the distiller in frederick maryland who makes this vodka george george's yeah, yeah like not georgia george george apostrophe s yeah george's beverage company in frederick maryland distills this vodka and they also make old bay bloody mary mix which i saw at the store mm. uh, which i'm sure is much more old bay forward that would totally work in a in a bloody mary which the whole point is to be like peppery spicy bleh. yeah i'm not against bloody marys in any way i think they should be way forward 
I do not like Bloody Marys, which is why I did not make that. Um, nah, they're awesome. <laughs> but they, ha- I don't like tomato juice is the problem. They're so. like the original breakfast shake. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, on the neck, they also had a recipe for this week's cocktail of the week, the Bay Crush. So the Bay Crush is equal parts Old Bay Vodka and Triple Sec. So we used Cointreau. It's B-A-Y. Not B-A-E. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. B-A-Y. Yeah. Just like sure. Old Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bay Crush. One and a half ounces of Old Bay Vodka, one and a half ounces of Triple Sec, two ounces of lemon juice, and three ounces of Sprite. So you shake up everything except the Sprite, put it in a glass, put some Sprite on there. So I made half a cocktail. It's four in the afternoon. So I made half a cocktail for us to share. It's four in the afternoon in Key West, so I had two. <laughs> you did not. Um <laughs> It's really good. Like I would, if I ordered this as a joke, I'd order like four more. Um, it has a very margarita direction to me. For mm-hmm, me, because mm-hmm. it's got the citrus, in, it's in got good the way. triple sec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in a good way. I I thought it was delicious too, and it's not Old Bay Ford either. You can, you can take faintly taste some Old Bay in the finish, uh, but it certainly isn't. But only like um, only I, if you're looking for it. It's not what would Jen Colesaw say? A gimmick drink? A stunt? Stunt drink. It's not a stunt drink. And the vodka is not a stunt vodka. So it's yeah. it's it's actually quality stuff. Yep. So so anyway, there's a little Maryland experiment uh to round out the time that we spent. And, up and there. for everyone who's not from Maryland, the bay, bay in old bay and bay bay is the Chesapeake Bay. Mm-hmm. It's giant. Mm-hmm. Could have been a meteor crater, but that's a different story. It's a far different story. A, I think it was a meteor crater. All right. <clears throat> remember, Inko, do you remember those halcyon days where we were like, yeah, there aren't really any dog updates this week. Like, Hops chomped on a jellyfish, and that's about everything that happened. Wasn't it amusing when Vank scratched her face a little bit? Yeah, that would have been nice to repeat. But now we have an embarrassment of... I wouldn't say riches. Nope. Embarrassment of issues. <laughs> Everything is bad right now. Embarrassment of stories. Uh, should we start with Nacho? Sure. What, where are you going? Dear Dad just scooted across the couch. Um, Cheddar is awfully interested in Vink's hotspot. I mean, I think they're okay. Yeah. Vink seems fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Vink is fine. Vink mm. is always fine. That is the best part about Vink is she's like lives for the day. Carpe mm-hmm. Vinkum. So, so the situation, which you all have heard just now in the background, <laughs> is that uh, lots of dogs are upset in our house. That was Remy barking, though. That was Remy, because Remy is locked in the bedroom. Uh, Nacho is in his crate in the office with the door closed, and Cheddar is out with everybody else. Mm-hmm. The configuration continues where only one dog can be out in the house. That what, one of the brown dogs, or one of the... One of the three problematic dogs. One of the non-guacamole brown dogs. Chato, Nacho, Nacho, and Remelad, uh, only one of them can be out in the main house at a time. Uh, Ingo, I think he just knocked your beer over there. It's pouring Shut onto our. the couch. At least drink it. All right. You want to clean that up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The beer has been cleaned up. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, things are just extremely tense. <laughs> uh, we were hoping maybe once everybody settled in, they would be less tense. And that did not come true. No, it's been variable but there have been very tense times 
frequently. <laughs> yeah, there have not been any fights, but that's because a human has stepped in when the fight sounds start happening and separated dogs who might be fighting. Yeah, it's not because of these freaking dogs. <laughs> so they have very uh, bad coping skills, Jen. We have talked to trainers. We have talked to vets. We have talked to people in the rescue group. We have talked to trusted other people who just rescue dogs. And uh, every solution that we have come down to is that we have to find a new house for Nacho. Yeah, we have not talked to psychics, but we never will. <laughs> um, he's just... It's all very sad right now because, like, you know, Nacho, he goes outside, he plays, he's fine. We're spending, like, extra time with him outside doing stuff. But when he's inside, he has to be in his crate. And he doesn't like it. And you can tell that he's more stressed, which, of course, he is. And... Uh, that seems to be the only way that this configuration can work. I don't know. I was saying to Inga, like, there's three dogs that are a problem. Like, Cheddar doesn't do anything wrong, but both Remy and Nacho are not okay with each other and not okay with Cheddar. Cheddar's a bit of a catalyst through no fault of his own. Yeah. But even if we adopted Cheddar out... And, and there is no not going to be a decision on that for a while. And we'll talk about that later. We have a lot of dog updates to do. Even if we adopted him out, it would not change both the fact that Remy and Nacho have tension that has been consistently escalating. And I was I haven't even told you this yet, Ingo, but I was talking to the vet today when we brought hops in. And uh, she's like, you know, I've had dogs that do that. Like they have one fight and then then it just they keep having more fights and She's like, uh, you know, they were too old to adopt out, so I just had to have two zones of my house, and they could never be together. This is the Dr. Faith that we that yeah. we really like and respect, and I pretty basically believe everything she says. Yeah, that's her. Freak. So, um, it's, you know, it's just not working. And kind of like, even, so say like Remy were to die from his cancer, which he is not on the verge of doing at all. This is how Jen thinks, by the way. It's a very efficient way of looking at the world. Like, you got to enumerate, like, the possibilities and problems. Because Scientist. It's how you find, like, is there a path forward where this could work? Like, that's what you look for. So, like, what are all the possible things that could happen? Like, if, if Nacho, um, I'm sorry, if Cheddar, let me just pause here. The difficulty I'm having managing all of these dogs' names all of a sudden is intense. I have to consciously think about everybody's name. I misname everybody now. There's a lot going on, and it's like a brown whirlwind. <laughs> So if the presence of Cheddar were really the main issue here, we would finish fostering Cheddar, adopt him out, and then go, okay, the problem is solved. Uh, but that's not it. Because even when Cheddar is locked away, gone, it, I mean, even before he came, these problems were escalating with Nacho and Remy. Yeah. And, and Cheddar could not, could not behave better. Like he's he's so he's, good. he's not doing anything wrong. This is not a case where like Cheddar's a a problem in and of himself, right? He's such a good boy. He's so good. He's like mellow. He's just hanging out. He's not humping. He's not doing any of this. And stuff. they get upset like just seeing him. Yeah. Um, to varying degrees. So, uh, so it's not like okay, well, we could just adopt out Cheddar and then that would solve the problem, and. So then you go, okay, we still have problems between Nacho and Remy. Uh, Remy's not going anywhere anytime soon. But even if he did, the fact is that, like, when we had Nacho up at camp before all the dogs went up to Maryland, right? He, he was up in camp for 10 days. He spent a full week up there um, where we were all down here. Life in this house was a lot better. And it's not that Nacho is a bad dog. 
he's a very good dog but uh you know i was talking with teen from the herd who is the one who rescued nacho and sent him to us and you know i was like we thought we were getting basically a disabled dog right like he he was brought in to be euthanized because of his problem that's what it sounded like yeah and he is fine he is a perfectly happy healthy dog he doesn't have any problems he doesn't have any restrictions he doesn't have any health issues yeah we've had him to we've you know he's been examined by many vets and they've all sort of said he's asymptomatic he's in great shape like maybe eventually he'll hurt himself but like that's true of any dog (laughs) and he's fine and so what we have instead of like a young disabled dog like voods right voods was was not much older than nacho when we got him he's three but he was not a normal dog no he acted like an old man all throughout which was his charm yeah he was i mean i miss that guy so much yeah me too. um but nacho is like your normal two-year-old golden he has a ton of energy he wants to play all the time <laughs> he, he has all the physical strength of a two-year-old golden he's not di- he's, he has no he's handicaps. not disabled no yeah. he doesn't have any problems yeah. um which is a really hard way to be in a house a small house full of other fragile dogs yeah he's like the bowling ball and everyone else is bowling pins and it's not the pins fault or the ball's fault but you put them together and it really knocks stuff down and so there's kind of no way to create an environment that like let's not show live his full happy life we would have to like suppress nacho which is kind of what we're having to do now by having him crated when he's in the house and it makes him sad and it makes me sad to see him sad and there's kind of no alternative to it and so i reached out to the foster coordinator for the rescue group in dc that we work with great great and i explained this problem and she's like you know lots of us have had to do this where you just get a dog in and then it turns out like they don't work with what with your setup and and i think most people who rescue lots of dogs right not like you you have had a rescue dog but like you are a dog rescuer have had this come up before and so we decided that we're going to find a new place for him and we're going to do it through great the rescue group um because we get full control so this is what we used to do before before the squad right which so we started this the golden ratio account when we rescued maggie and jasmine that were our first real foster fails you know we had a couple other short-term ones but um before that i would every two weeks there'd be a new dog coming into the house they'd stay we'd get them you know patched up and adopt them out and then two days later another dog would show up and that was the model we didn't we didn't think we'd keep those dogs never I was like, I will never have three and, dogs. <laughs> right. And a, and a lot of times it was clearly affirmed because the vibe was off, right? They were hyper dogs or they would growl around Hopper or they would be guarding toys or be bad, you know, to eat with other dogs. And it would just kind of confirm the fact that, oh, yeah, well, they'd be ha- much happier in another house. Yeah. It, I mean, it was... <clears throat> The reason that we kept Maggie and Jasmine is that when they showed up, it was like, oh, they just feel like they have lived here their whole life. They, yeah, they integrated so well that you, that we didn't notice really that we'd gone from two to four dogs. Yeah, that's right. But all the other dogs, we could tell. And 
there was something super, I mean, not something, it was super rewarding to foster all of those dogs because the way that great works is that uh, when you're done fostering a dog, you write up a description and you take some pictures and it gets sent out to the list of people who are looking to adopt. The ones who are interested in the dog will email me and be like, I am interested in this dog that you have for adoption. And then I go to great and I, you know, I, the people who are like, you know, so for Nacho, for example, um, what would be the ideal house for him where he would be a single dog because he does hump other dogs sometimes. He does like get stressed sometimes if other dogs come up on his stuff, which just doesn't mean he couldn't live with another dog. But if we get to create the perfect life for Nacho, he'd be a solo dog. And it's interesting, a bunch of other people have said that about him. When I was talking to Teen, she's like, yeah, he needs a house where he'd be a single dog, right? Like without me saying anything. Yeah. Um, Dr. Faith said the same thing. Like, I bet he'd be way happier as a single dog. So like we can do that, right? A single dog with a fenced yard, no little kids. Not that he's not good with little kids. He was great with Michael, the trainer's two-year-old, but he would totally knock over a <laughs> two-year-old. Um, yeah. I, I mean, look, the the idea is if he could live without any limitations, without being crated, without having to be um, put into a room at certain times or being told, you know, down, stay, ever... That would be kind of his ideal, right? That yeah. would be the best situation for him. He doesn't have to worry about getting fed last or first or any of that. He would be the the dog. He'd be so much more relaxed. Yeah. And so if we say, all right, fenced yard, only dog, no little kids, people who are, you know, around a lot of the time. Um, not that he can't be left alone, but like he'd be happier if there were people around. Um, so if someone's like, well, you know, I work eight hours a day and I live in an apartment, but I'd still like him, we can go there's no judgment on whether or not you could take care of a dog, but you are not the perfect fit for Nacho. We we have the luxury or great usually does this too, has the luxury of waiting of trying to match the, the dog with the perfect home for the dog. And if you foster a dog for great, you get to pick like great. The organization is basically uninvolved except for helping with the paperwork. Um, so every dog I have adopted out through great, this is what I've done. The people, write write to me and you know emailed me and are like I would like this dog and then I pick the ones I'm like okay like these seem like they could be a good fit I go to the adoption coordinator at great and I like give me their report from their home visit and this is like a freaking five ten page document I've done home visits for great before where it's like is you know how many floors are there are there breakable like do they keep vases down at like tail level which doesn't mean you couldn't have a dog right that like if you adopted Brody wouldn't matter if you've got fragile stuff at dog level because he's not going to knock over but anything. it might matter if you have a multi-level house and no elevator exactly right so um so and, we could yeah go ahead and it's not moral judgment right this is like objectively just describing the house and the circumstances because there might be a perfect dog for you but it might not be brody or it might not be the dog that's visiting i mean right. that, that's really the idea is to get as close to an, a realistic objective assessment of the house and the people because yeah like vink for example like if you had vink in the rescue she could live in an apartment she doesn't need a fenced yard like she just wants to like lounge on the couch and like watch tv people, like she'd be great you, and i've adopted dogs to people who live in apartments and have don't don't have fenced yards like so yeah it's just objective right so you get to see all of that and it also includes an assessment of how experienced they are with dogs with dog medical issues with dog behavioral issues um 
so we can really wait and pick the absolute ideal situation where it's like if nacho were to have the best environment for his life what would it look like and we literally can wait until we find that um once we find that or or you know a few people who look like that we get to bring nacho over to visit he goes we hang out i mean usually those visits last a couple hours um you know really get to like meet the people take him around the house see how he vibes with everybody um and then you know ultimately pick what's the right place for him yeah and it's a real again it doesn't have to be pressure right it, it's like if it's not if the vibe isn't right if it's not working out there's no you know necessity to force it that this just like if it doesn't work there'll be other dogs there'll be other yeah. other people that it's like it, it should be it it should be close to perfect yeah that's right um so that's what we're doing. We have sent his like little description and pictures over to Great. They've done the like intake. Um, and then, you know, I think this weekend they're probably going to send the announcement out to people who are on the adoption list um, with Great. And the current plan is that Ingo is going to bring Nacho up to Maryland at the beginning of next week. Another road I'm, trip. I'm going to drive. <laughs> drive up to Maryland. Um, I am flying up to Maryland to spend a week up there for work on Wednesday. So we're going to do one of these things where like Ingo <laughs> flies back down to the Keys. I, he's going to get off the plane. I'm going to get on the plane and fly it back up to D.C. You plan these things because the if I had to plan this, I would be way too stressed. I'd be paralyzed and I wouldn't be able to do it. I'd be like, there's like a three hour window and... It just, ah, oh, it just seems very stressful. <laughs> so it's going to be fine. Uh, GR Dog Sitter is coming on Wednesday to hang out with Nacho at the house while GR Dad is flying down and I'm flying back up. It's always been fine. Uh, and then I will, you know, I will be vetting people before that and I'll be taking him to, uh, you know, visit and hopefully find his people. And if I don't find that, then I will drive him back home at the end of my week up there and we'll wait until we have the right situation for him yeah and it's my t take on this is okay if yeah I, I want your take if i blather a little <laughs> bit about this um Please. he's a really good dog and we love him a lot and that's complicated things and made it weird if we didn't like him it would be so much easier because we <laughs> so want to keep him because he's so good and if there were if we had clones we could do it we could give him the attention he needs we could train him the way w we know he would need we could you know give him the love and the the, the couch time that he needs clones in another house because he couldn't be with all these dogs. yeah that's yeah. right if we had a bigger giant house or a big estate or something with a gate <laughs> i don't know mm -hmm. but objectively if we had before we met him put together a list of things that that we really need in our adoptees not the fosters in our adoptees it's like older mellower special needs yeah. right R actual special needs and gets along with everyone no question yeah. right isn't trying to be the alpha is is willing to give up their ball is willing to give up their food doesn't complain if you yank a toy out of their mouths yeah and not that nacho has problems with all of that but no, like this I, is just our ideal dog yeah and i'm just saying nacho came in and kind of broke the mold 
for sure. And, and he's because he's too rambunctious. He's too young. He's he's not a hundred percent reliable on any of that because he's just a big puppy. He's mm-hmm. got that incredible puppy energy where he's just kind of occasionally and unpredictably he'll his eyes will glaze over and he'll just go nuts like a puppy right he'll just (laughs) like want to run around all the time and have zoomies or you know look frantically for something to chew on yeah and it could be your finger like he's Mm -hmm. not entirely in control of himself and that creates stress for all these sort of more sedate dogs like remy mostly remy uh, but also, I think Guac is a little stressed around him too because Guac's, Guac's like, like Could we not play I'm right not now? sure what's going on, and why did he just jump on me from the bed? Yeah. Right. All right, I'll play with him, but it's not ideal, right? It, it's mm-hmm. it's it it isn't enhancing the the balance we have with our dogs. It wasn't a seamless transition. It take it are it took a lot of adjusting. I mean, sending him to the trainer was already a, a step there to see if he could more seamlessly fit in. Um, I mean, it's part of... But he's like, just such a puppy. It's part of the whole thing we've tried, right? I mean, he spent basically three weeks in training. Yeah, you know? but he's like he's like the... Not the opposite, right? Like, Voods was perfect. Brody <laughs> is a perfect... Boots was perfect addition in terms to our of squad. temperament for our house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in terms of addition to the squad, mm-hmm. right? Like, they, they just Absolutely. completely fit in. They don't, you know, clash with anyone. Yeah. They're happy to, you know, be put out on the porch for five minutes or share a food bowl next to someone else or, you know, it's just, it's all these little things where Nacho's like, pretty good, but not perfect. And then the, the yeah. not perfect is really stressful because if he starts, if he gets grumpy or, you know, crazy, it causes this chain reaction with, with Remy, frankly, but also like everyone else gets a little on edge. Yeah. And you can tell that Nacho is stressed trying to like find a place with all these other dogs, yeah. right? Like he also is just like, I don't quite know what's going on. There's so many dogs here. Um, who, like what's who, my role yeah, in that's this? that's right. Where do I fit? Is this guy... Am I, can I boss him around? Can I jump on him? Can I not jump on him? Can and I like take none this? of our other dogs do any of that. Yeah. They're can just I like, take this just toy? Here. Can I yeah. not take this toy? Can I, you know, and everyone else yeah. is like, eh, I'll just get a toy out of the bucket. Yeah. So it's very sad. I was talking to my therapist about this with this week. Um, I, I was like, he's like, you know, are you going to talk about this on the podcast? I was like, yeah. He's like, you know, you can mention that you talked about this in therapy. I was like, therapist Dave, I talk about you on the podcast like every <laughs> week, basically. I think you, you rocked his world. He, he doesn't listen to the podcast normally. Um, but, but because of professional ethics or lack of interest, we're not sure. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, he pointed out some, some interesting things because I was saying, you know, we recorded the podcast last Sunday that was just like everything is really hard right now and everybody was incredibly supportive except for one person who sent me a really mean DM that was like you never cared about this dog you should be ashamed of yourself to be fair I did not just block this person I sent a kind of talking about a different dog I don't think she was even talking about uh, you're talking about Remy yeah yeah uh, it was actually in response to like the previous podcast where I was like, Remy is kind of an asshole and nobody would want him anyway, <laughs> which I mean, which I stand by. Objectively, but with love. Um, but it was like, a, it was a very mean message. I, I will add this caveat that like, I was like, 
you know, she was like, you've never been kind to him. And I, I, I first I blocked her and I think her, and then I unblocked and I was like, what do you think I've done that has, is not kind to this dog? And she sent me a, a full apology. Like I didn't listen enough. I didn't understand. I take it back. Like, so that, I mean, that was very nice. That said, I cried for two days after I got that message that was like, you never cared about him. Shame on you. You're not kind to him at all. And he deserves better than you. And, uh, and I was telling that to therapist Dave and he was like, you know, like a lot of your identity is wrapped up in, or is not wrapped up. It is that you are this person that saves dogs, right? Like this is the thing you do. And now you're in this situation where it's not working. Can't save every dog all the time. But it's so hard, you know, and the people I've been talking to over the last week, um, I was talking to Barb Nelson about this, who adopted Sizzle from us. And I was just like, I feel like we're failing everybody. Like, I know, you know, like we're trying so hard. We have done everything i mean just just the amount of training that we have put these dogs into in the last week and talking to vets about like medications to reduce the anxiety and like the situation is just that these dogs don't work together and there is no way to train or medicate or anything get ourselves out of it um but it's like i want to be able to take care of all these dogs and it's not working and it's not fair to them but it makes me sure feel like a failure at this thing that i'm supposed to be really good at i know it's a it's it's interesting we were we were much better at this being objective about this i don't know if it's better at it when we were before schmieg and jasmine when we were we saw ourselves as saving dogs through finding adoptive homes for them mm-hmm. like that was equally valid and it was probably great for the dogs it was great for the dogs all those dogs went to such good <laughs> homes that we adopted yeah. out and but that was our self image at the time right so that was real yeah, we helped that them. was that and then we've moved into this like we're keeping all the dogs <laughs> well and i mean the dogs that get sent to us change like we never had a special needs dog really and and even maggie and jasmine they were just older and they fit queso might have been the switch over she was like a real <laughs> senior and then Riley was kind of an in-between. Like, he had a ton of health problems, but when he came to us, they didn't know that he did, right? He was just a sort of slightly older dog. Yeah. And we said, sure. But after going through all of that, um, you know, I mean, Jasmine had cancer. Like, right when, when we got her, she had cancer. Um, you know, Maggie had to go through this whole thing, and then Riley did. It became very clear to the rescue group that we were cool taking dogs who needed a lot of medical help, and we had the time to do it and the energy and the interest. And so, you know, it's every rescue group needs a few people who specialize in that kind of thing, and that's how we ended up here. And, and it's it great. I mean, it's very culminated rewarding. in Boots and yeah, Remy. But St. Patrick and yeah, most, Parmesan and Manchego. most recently, I mean, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. that's right. We had the the, the express. Um, hospice dogs yeah so um, I mean I like I'm kind of composed now because I've, I've been crying for like two <laughs> two weeks but if, uh, if that's our mission then then Nacho again doesn't fit that mold right he, we yeah. thought he we thought he did he was ex- <laughs> he, I wouldn't have taken was, him if it was just like he here's was a healthy described two-year-old. as special needs the, the implication of special needs is Nobody else wants to adopt him because he's so complicated. Yeah. That, that's been our working. We're the, we thought 
we were we think of ourselves or have been thinking ourselves as kind of the adoptees of last resort which yeah. is for nacho he doesn't need that he's 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 got he's plenty fine. of first resorts he's got yeah. plenty of perfect situations waiting for him if he wants if it we ma- want it makes me very sad because like i know he's gonna be scared and nervous and have an adjustment period and i like he gets nervous anyway right like he's like he's very tentative around new people if you like followed operation nacho run you saw this where he was like kind of scared of every new person who would take him in the car and in 10 or 15 minutes like he's draped across their laps and is fine it's good stranger danger i don't want him jumping into white vans yeah no he would not uh come on but it you know it makes me sad to think of him feeling like abandoned and not knowing what's going on but we have done i mean we've taken in 40 dogs between the fosters and the rescues who all come in in that situation they come out of where they have lived their whole life or something worse right being dumped on the side of the road into this house and they don't know what's going on and in two weeks pretty much every one of those dogs is just fine and and frankly there has been a marked difference from those who come from homes where they're loved like swizzle who had a foster home where she was completely loved and treat, treated very well. Her foster home, yeah. And it was much easier because she was like, well, I'm, you know, people are kind of being nice to me. These and are just Brody different too. people. You know, Brody yeah. was foster. We took over Brody's foster. Um, That's it, right. He was loved. They were just overwhelmed and and. No, his and foster just was, he, we just, we just adopted Brody. Right. No, no, that's right. He, he did, Yeah, his he previous loved. house uh, was rough. But yeah, the foster that he was with, um, he was the only dog there yeah. in the foster and he did great and, and he was... I was thinking of Voodoo. I, I mixed yes. the two white dogs up because that's where I am these days. But that's true. Voodoo no, was Boots very was loved. loved. Yeah. He, they were just overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So it's really hard. It, this has been like such a hard decision. But like when I think about it now, right now the process is in motion with great... And it makes me both sad and profoundly relieved, which is a sign that like this is the right thing for us to it's do. The, it's the best thing for Nacho. Absolutely. He, he he shouldn't have to suffer because we can't fully appreciate his needs or accommodate his needs, which are uh, to be rambunctious and, and you know, get super much attention i think if we had a house of like all young healthy dogs like we had like you see some people who are like breeders right and they've got like 12 goldens that live in their house i think if we had all dogs like nacho uh, we'd have to like change a lot of things because stuff would get knocked over (laughs) but i think it would be fine you know i think if everybody was like healthy and energetic and wanted to play if they were all bouncing off each other that'd be great yeah yeah i mean i don't think that's the house i would want to live in but I think we wouldn't have these problems with the dynamics. No, he's, if he's the only bowling ball and we have all pins, it just yeah. leads to a bunch of knockdown dogs. That's right. So that is the sad situation, um, but he's going to find a great place. Uh, we have not picked it yet, so if you happen to be someone already approved to adopt it, great. You could uh, reactivate that if you're interested in him. But uh, fenced yard, only dog, no little kids. And realistically, probably closer to D.C. than... Idaho. Someone from Iowa actually had emailed the rescue group interested in adopting Cheddar and uh, 
No. The answer is no. This is too. Is, is, we don't do get to pick this. This we, is the policy of the rescue. We can't group. do an operation cheddar run. Uh, it doesn't matter. We do not own cheddar, and we don't get to pick. Uh, you have to be approved by grade, and you have to be in the vaguely DC metro area: Pennsylvania, Delaware, West Virginia. Cheddar cheese. Let's talk about cheddar. Let's talk about cheddar. He's right here. I'm petting his face. Um, we have learned several things about Cheddar this week. He's had some uh, <laughs> medical appointments, which we'll talk about. But the more important thing is I was in the kitchen making dinner and Cheddar was in there with me with the gate closed because we have to keep a gate closed. And uh, Cheddar put a little front peat up on the counter and was looking around. Surprising ups for the old Cheddar. Boy has ups. I wouldn't have guessed it. If he were a toilet paper eater, we'd have to put the uh, toilet paper roll even higher than, on, than after Voodoo. <laughs> Because he's got more ups than boots did. So that was a, a sort of fun little discovery. He's on the counter. Um, we took him to get his eyes checked. He didn't get anything, though. He there just, was nothing up there. He was there. just looking around. Yeah, <laughs> I think you could around. smell the snacks. I was going to say, looking around is euphemistic with him. It's sniffing around. Yeah, but we did take him to the ophthalmologist. Um, not surprisingly, he has cataracts. The, so GR Dad did quite the trip. He brought Cheddar and Remy, who don't get along, really. Um, I mean, they're... Meh. You put a big net between the I was like, way back and the the back seat because for normal dogs that'll keep them separated. And 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 it did keep these two dogs separated. They're normal uh, though they were kind of fine with each other's presence generally. Yeah, and the car is a weird situation. Um, so Remy had an oncologist appointment, and Nacho had an uh, I'm sorry, Cheddar had an ophthalmologist appointment, and there's no specialist in the Keys, so those are both in Miami. So you, uh, Rem, um. Cheddar's appointment was at 8.30 in the morning. So you left, what, like 5.30? I left at 5.30. Yeah, I sure did. Oh, my God. And <laughs> took Cheddar and then took Remy. We'll talk about Remy next. So I had um, both of them in the car, and then I fed them at 8.30 when I got to the God. the ophthalmologist apartment appointment for uh, Cheddar. So not surprisingly, he has cataracts, which we knew. Um, one of his eyes is not really a candidate for surgery, but the other one potentially is. So that would be great because, as I said to Ingo, the difference between zero eyes and one eye is much bigger than the difference between one eye and two eyes. Yes, it's exponential, not binary, whatever yep. that means. I think I'm <laughs> not making sense mathematically. But. Yeah, you know, we all get the point, though. <laughs> we all do. You do. <laughs> um, so for him to get potentially this surgery... There's a few steps. One is that they have to do this whole battery of tests to kind of see what his optic nerve looks like and what stuff looks like in the eye. He's going to go do that next Thursday back up to Miami. Um, with me? With you. You're going to do another drive. You're going to drive to Maryland on Monday and Tuesday. He can't drive himself. He can't even see. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he's going to get that. Sorry. I thought that was a great joke. Not funny at all. Come on. Not even a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Um, so he's going to be done Thursday and then he also has to get a dental cleaning because if they do this surgery, which is a big if, cause as we've said before, they're very conservative about it. But one thing that they require is, uh, perfect teeth because bacteria from the teeth can get into the eye after the surgery and cause an infection. And then they may actually have to remove the eye for that. It can be really bad and painful. So, uh, he needs to get his teeth done. Yeah. They're very sensitive about germs getting into the eye after the after the operation, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. And apparently germs can be on your teeth and then get into your eye. Yep. From, so. I don't know, external, internal. I don't know how this works, but but they were, that's very, and plus he needs a dental cleaning anyway. Apparently he's got some 
stuff in there. His teeth are real dirty. They're they're not in the worst shape, especially for an old dog, but compared to queso or well, sizzle. Sizzle. <laughs> oh my god. Sizzle had well, the two she had left were really <laughs> clean. Um, four, four. So so he we did get the quote today actually for his dental cleaning. So the quote is quote a ton unquote. <laughs> I mean, you tried real hard there on the fly. Come on, that was not so bad. <laughs> um, so we have to, the rescue has to approve that because it's expensive to do. But um, so that's the plan. He's going to get a dental. He's going to get the check on his eyes. And then maybe he will get cataract surgery in one eye and he'll be able to see again. That'd be great. His, his vision right now is almost none. They, they really, I mean, Contrast to Remy, who can probably see a little bit out of pretty, one eye, out pretty of like okay. the angles. Yeah, uh, Cheddar, not so much. He really is like light and dark, but those are big, big cataracts. They're not resorbing. They're not getting no, smaller. No, no. And yeah, Remy's cataract started resorbing because we got his blood sugar under control. Yeah. Uh, these are just old dog cataracts in Cheddar. We still so. don't know how old he is. He could be infinite. Could be infinite. He... He's like gets really playful, like he's settling in a little bit, and he likes me to kind of gently smack him around he, the face. He is very focused. He, he really likes me. you. I think that's great. Um, he could be ten. Like, he I don't know be, that. Like, he, he could be in bad shape as a ten-year-old, or he could be in good shape as a thirteen-year-old. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell. But if someone were like, he's ten. Like before, I was like, oh, he's so tired, and he sleeps all the time, and he's. He seems like he's got some dementia, but now that he's settling in, like he actually seems pretty fine. He's not that different than like Queso was mm, yeah, at, that's right. at 14 and 15, right? Where maybe 14, 13 and 14, where she had like bursts of energy and was playful and happy yeah. and could roll on her back and stuff. Um, he but could also be 13, slept yeah. a lot, right? Yep. And also was kind of did her own thing. He kind of yep. does his own thing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the good news is that he he doesn't love being closed in the room like my little office suite um but usually he'll like scratch at the door one time and then he's like okay i'm fine like he he's happy to be out here right now but he doesn't feel like there's really strong need to be out in the yeah space. he doesn't sit there and bark or or or, no. or is unhappy no he sle he sleeps a lot it's good he does yeah he needs to sleep he he is the kind of energy we want that said we don't know if we're gonna be able to keep him um because remy still like just yesterday remy was in one of them was in the kitchen and one of them was outside the kitchen and uh and they were close to the baby gate and remy tried to bite him through the baby gate i know what's up remy though sometimes they're okay and they walk past each other and it's fine it, it's well it's like we were talking about was not show. 95 percent is fine it's the five percent that you can't plan for and that are really stressful and bad so you know we have to first like once Nacho is adopted out, see how the dynamic is in the house because obviously there's a lot of tension with the Nacho Remy situation. Remy may just calm down. We also have other updates on Remy. Could be they get used to each other, but if they don't, then Cheddar will still have to be adopted out. But we can't do that till we're done with all his medical stuff anyway. So we're not deciding. We don't have to make any decisions. There are a lot of dog updates today. Just okay. remember, everyone, there's a lot of dog We're updates. We're like two-thirds, no, one-third through the if dog you're updates. close to the end of your commute, just go to work and pick it up later because there's more. You're not close to the end. No. You can't just stay in the parking lot. You're not close you're to not the You're not going to finish it in the parking garage. <laughs> no. You'll be late to work. Uh, they do have a little timer on their podcast app that shows them how far. 
Who's they? I mean, podcast apps. And so thus people? all people with podcast apps can see like, <laughs> wow, there's an hour left of this podcast. Well, maybe they're so wrapped that they're not looking at that. They're just listening. <laughs> they just need you to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is real time information here. <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. That's the Cheddar update. Uh, I love we, him. We, we don't edit these. <laughs> no, we do not. He's a good man. Um, let's Ch- talk about Cheddar. Let's talk about Remy. So Remy went to the oncologist. Yeah. On your little trip to Miami. He was fine. He's a good he's a good car doc. I do appreciate it. He tries to climb over the front, but then when I elbow him back, he stays back. <laughs> so yeah, that's right. that qualifies as a good car doc these days. So he so we had had him in at the regular vet for some blood work and to kind of check in on his anxiety. I guess it was Monday. Yeah, this is the vet we really like. She has been monitoring his insulin she's been working with him for a long time she calls me at like 7 p.m on a saturday with updates because she's checking her email like she's works way too hard she's all in on it but she's great she's great so she she actually called with his blood work results while you were at the oncologist um where they also did more blood work um so the oncology update is his lymph nodes are a little bit bigger the hope would have been that they hadn't really grown and so we would groan (laughs) We also don't want them groaning, but not growing. And uh, well, they, except for one lymph node that got smaller, like oh, is that it true? was kind of random. Remember, well, there was like one in no. his shoulder that got smaller than before. All the other ones are either the same or slightly bigger, but not bigger. not bad. So the hope is that they would not be bigger, and then we would wait two months before our next visit instead of just one. But because they grew a little bit, we are going in again in a month to get him rechecked. His blood work looked okay in terms of the lymphocytes, which I think is what they look at for the cancer. Um, Like, your dad was in the waiting room. The oncologist came out, like, said those sentences and then left. That was the entirety of the visit. She, like, had a little presentation for me. (laughs) It was, it was like, if we lived down the street, it would be so easy to take him for a recheck at the oncologist. And instead, it's like a six-hour trip. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But so that was good. Um, But on the regular, the full blood work from um the regular vet there were a bunch of wonky values and i think we've mentioned we've been having a really hard time controlling his blood sugar like it's been very very high since the diagnosis of uh, lymphoma yeah and it seems unrelated pretty much every oncologist says that the lymphoma shouldn't really be causing this problem um i I've done some Google searches, but I'm going to defer to their veterinary oncology, oncology degrees and say, okay. Um, but we increased his insulin. We still were having trouble controlling it. We increased it again this week, and now that seems like maybe it's helping. But that's part of why we brought him in for these tests. And there were a bunch of values that were off, uh, too high or too low on the test. Yeah, just weird, like not all one direction. Yeah, and... So I was like Googling and I was like, well, it could be this thing, could be this thing. Um, but I, I have learned that I certainly do not have a veterinary degree. And so I Googled to like get myself a little prepared if there's like, okay, well, she might say it's this. And then at least I'll have read like the, you know, AKC webpage on what that is and sort of know what's going on. Uh, but it was none of those things. That's the American Kennel Club. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, she said, you know, a thing that could cause a lot of these values that are weird is if he has Addison's disease, which is not super common, but uh, it's a it's um, low production from the adrenal glands 
hormones? Yes, they don't produce. There's a couple hormones. Cortisol is the most important one, but there's another one that don't get produced enough. Not prednisone. No, prednisone is a steroid drug. Right. You you will not guess the other one. It's a big, long, complicated name okay. that we don't normally talk Being about. Being quiet now. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to keep naming like steroids or hormones. That's all I had was one. Well, it's not that. It was uh, that one. So, so cortisone production is low and some other hormone. Um, and the results of that are like, it's like a two-page list of potential symptoms. But it can affect glucose. Um, and so do- dogs with Addison's like, they can have weird blood sugar right? And I don't know if that would mean he doesn't actually have diabetes. He just has Addison's or maybe he has both of these things. We haven't talked about that yet. Um, But it can also cause cortisol is a hormone that helps you deal with stressful situations. So if you're really stressed, your body releases more cortisol to help you manage the stress, manage the stress. And so if you don't have enough cortisol, did I say cortisone before? That's the stuff you like rub on yourself. Cortisol. If you don't have enough it doesn't matter. You guys aren't coming to us for dog medical advice. <laughs> Go see your vet. <laughs> Talk to your vet. Uh, if you don't have enough of it, it means that you will respond poorly to stressful situations because you don't have the hormone that brings the stress down. You'll just go up on stress. Wouldn't that hard. be great if that were his fucking problem? Yeah, if if he's can't manage his stress because he's biologically unable to manage his stress. And if we fix it, then he can de-stress. That would be great. So He can calm himself down instead of like... Not. That would be so good. There's a a zillion things. Like dogs can die from this, but it tends to be that they get in sort of like extreme situations. It'll throw off your electrolytes, which were somewhat off on his his blood work. Um, And that, you know, that can give you heart failure and all sorts of things. So he's not in that situation. But she was like, you know, maybe we want to do a test to see if he has Addison's. And like a first test is that you just look at their cortisol levels. And if it's low, then that's a... You would expect it to be low if they have Addison's. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah. Normally it should be two. That's right. Normally it should be two. Two something. <laughs> two, two something. Two point oh. Oh yeah. I don't know what the unit is. I don't know if it's like liters or two cortisol milligrams. Or two cortisol. <laughs> um, so I was like, yeah, do the test. They could just run it on the blood they already had. Right. So he should have two. He should have two or more, and he had point six. That's a lot less. It's a lot less than two. That's closer to zero. It sure is. So I was like, well, that's fascinating. (laughs) That it's like, maybe he actually has this Addison's. That would be really interesting. I know. So there's now a test that we have to do. I'm going to cheat because she texted me and told me what the name of the test was. That's not cheating. That's applying your knowledge. That's right. I'm doing research. We do a thing called an ACTH stim test which I looked up and A-C-T-H stands for something and it doesn't matter. Basically what they do is it's like a two hour test. So they bring him in and they measure his cortisol levels and then they inject him with a synthetic hormone and then they measure his cortisol levels at the end. And I don't know why or what that tells you, but it is the definitive test for Addison's. So we will know for sure after that test if he has it or not. I have theories, but but that's exactly right. And it's an objective measure like it, it, that diagnoses Addison's. Yeah. Boom. boom. End of story. And and I guess there's like two variations of Addison's and depending on which one you have, there's like different treatments. But it, the treatment is essentially they take prednisone, which is a really common steroid. And many of you have probably taken it. I have. You have. I have. If you get like a weird. Our, our dogs certainly have, but it's, but it's complicated for diabetics. Yeah. 
but like if his blood sugar is just weird because of the Addisons, then like maybe it's okay. Manage Addisons. She's yeah. looking into it. Um, and then he may also need a monthly injection at the vet, but that would like take care of it, which yeah. would be pretty awesome. And then he turns into like perfect dog. Wouldn't that be Super great? Super dog. That he stopped being a dick because he's him, like barking all the time and it's like, like the reacting. chemical equivalent of therapy. Like he can manage his stress chemically instead of through therapy. That'd be good. Yeah. I mean, cortisol. Nice work, dude. It's great if you can make your own, but if not, store-bought is fine. Yeah. I'll go to the store and buy some. If they Do they sell it? I'm, I don't know exactly how. Do I have to like get some black market cortisol? <laughs> <laughs> is it a spray? <laughs> no, that's cortisone. Uh, <laughs> You can, you can, we is do have that in spray form. Is that for like allergies? Is yeah. that for sunburn? <laughs> you get itchy. Yeah. <laughs> is it uh, pink? That's something else again. Never mind. It's calamine lotion. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, that's, so there's like stuff going on with Remy and. Um, he is a mysterious man. Yeah, he is. So. Also a little bit choppy. Yeah. <laughs> He's got problems. Yeah. Remy is is really like a big part of the problem in the household. Um, but he we have committed to. He has squatters' rights. He w- he's he's been here longer, and he fits our profile, which is dogs no one else wants. Yeah, though you know, in the future, we would not take a dog like him who really struggles to fit in with the squad. Yeah, he. You know. But he was. Oh, there was such a long period of where he was fine, right? The there dynamic, was a long period where he was not fine, the and then it got okay. With, with at the end, w- before Nacho, n- no offense to Nacho, was fine. Yeah. It's, it's just Nacho's presence, not his personality, which has stressed out Remy. Yeah. So there you go. That's Remy. So there will be more updates next week. Probably. And they used to play like crazy, right? It's oh, just we have been all these like pictures of like Nacho sitting on Remy's head. Development. Yeah. Yeah. But the, I mean, that's the thing with the fighting, right? Like yeah. they have one and then they're on edge. And so it's more likely. And that's exactly what we've seen, like this escalation. And, and I still trace it back to when Remy had the cone and he had the, the like that is open sores and couldn't play with, with Nacho. And it was a whole weird situation. And now he hasn't recovered. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do have a, a before and after there for sure. I don't know if I buy into the the causal relationship that you're inferring. You're a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> Wait, who went to Harvard? Um, me, but not most recently. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's oh, talk you went to the University of Chicago. It's so much smarter than Harvard. I mean, it is. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Hopper T. Dog. Hops. Poor Hops has had diarrhea for two weeks. Ugh. And she stopped eating. She yeah, she was. she got more picky. <laughs> And stopped eating, yes. She'd, we'd put her food down and she'd like push it with her nose and she'd eat like three bites of it and then would be like, no. She would have an egg if offered. She would eat snacks still, but she wasn't eating her food. Um, and really bad diarrhea. She had it in Maryland and we were giving her, her Imodium. Uh, PSA, if your dog has diarrhea, you can give them Imodium. Just like normal human Imodium works fine. Just give them one pill. Yeah. Um, just like people. Works great. Um doesn't, yeah, it doesn't treat the condition, but treats the symptoms, which is pretty good and makes the dog feel better. And sometimes, you know, it can just be like they, you know, ate a rawhide or, you know, ate something out in the woods and it's upsetting them and like it takes care of the problem. Dogs eat weird stuff in the dark. <laughs> yes, they do. 
Um, so, so that didn't really help. And then when we got back to Florida, uh, she didn't eat at all on the drive for two days, which, you know, is um, certainly related to stress as well. I was going to say she, that, that, that alone wouldn't have surprised us because she's, she gets very stressed driving. Uh, pl- plenty of our dogs have had this problem where they decide not to eat or drink or both on the drives. Um, when we got back here to Florida, we were giving her Flagyl or Metronidazole, which is like a prescription antibiotic, but it's used to treat diarrhea, uh, that always works great. And she has been on that for a week and it is not helping at all. She has very bad diarrhea still. There's some blood in there. She's so she like cries to get out because she needs to go out. And then she goes out and she's like, this is terrible. And we're like, this is terrible. Yeah. So um, we took her to the vet on Monday, I guess, and they did blood work, which looked great. They did x-rays. Nothing looks bad in there. Um, The cancer that she had, like we always worry about the cancer coming back. If it were to come back, it would come back in her lungs. It seems like the only way that synovial sarcoma metastasizes is into lung cancer. And when they did the abdominal x-ray, they kind of made sure the lungs were in there and the lungs look fine. So it doesn't seem like it's that. Yeah, so they released her Monday saying metronidazole. Let's let's hope it clears up. Yeah, and then she was still having bloody diarrhea, and so Friday we brought her back to the vet. Trigger warning, that bloody diarrhea. Yeah, yeah, guys, if you're listening to the podcast, like how many times do we have to say it? Do not eat your lunch while you're listening to the podcast if you're <laughs> squeamish about this stuff. Please don't. Um, so we started her on Serenia, which is um, an anti-nausea medicine. And she's not really nauseous because they had suggested Monday because she had been vomiting in Maryland. They were like, you could give her Serenia that will help with the vomiting. And I was like, well, I'll, she hasn't vomited in a few days. So let's see. She was not vomiting. And so I was like, OK, I won't give her the Serenia. But we started that because it also has some like anti-inflammatory properties. We took her off the carprofen, which is an, an anti-inflammatory. We, that we, we took her back to the vet on Friday. I said, just that. oh, you did? Yeah. But no, it's good. If Never you didn't, mind. if you didn't hear it, somebody else didn't. We well, took her back to the vet Friday. Not everyone's spacing out like me. <laughs> um, so yeah, started her on Serenia, took her off the carprofen, which is like the, it's kind of like Advil um, that is a pain management thing for her because of her arthritis, because that can be hard on the GI system. And they thought maybe that was related. Um, Do- it, doctor was thinking like maybe it's ulcerative or something like her tongue yeah. is getting real irritated by something yeah so um we did that she still is having so that was yesterday and today she's still having the liquidy diarrhea with some blood in it um but she also was like shaking like shivering like she was too cold which is probably a pain thing so i called today and the same vet was working there and i was like listen you know like i don't want to overreact but like what do you want to do about this and she's like you know that's it's probably pain. So you have a fentanyl patch still from when she hurt her leg. So bring her in. We'll stick the fentanyl patch on her. Um, so now she's got a fentanyl patch. Hobbs does like that fentanyl. Makes her feel real nice. Um, the one thing you did in the last few days was start making her a bland diet. Chicken and rice, baby. She loves it. Yep. Let me just emphasize how much <laughs> she loves it. She loves it. You put like, you. we could probably put we use pill pockets, right? So we wrap pills in pill pockets and usually the dogs eat them. Hops real finicky, be even the pill pockets. Yeah. She, she won't swallow them. She'll chew them and then spit out the pills and eat the pill pocket part. Yeah. 
we could probably put the bare pills yeah, right. in the rice and chicken, chicken and rice mix, and Hops would eat them. Hops loves this stuff. You you have opened a whole new world of flavor. <laughs> it's for good that for she's hops. eating. Uh, yeah. I have gone through a lot of like you always end up having to give a dog a bland diet in its life, sometimes a bunch of times. And I have gone through a whole bunch of different ways of making bland diet. And I got to say the one that I have settled on that is the best and easiest is getting canned chicken. It is in the aisle next to the canned tuna. Like chicken of the land. Chicken of the land. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like that. It they, it comes probably in little cans like tuna, but it also comes in bigger cans. Um, and it's just cooked and it's in broth and they love the broth and the it's all, chicken's all cubed oh, up like and everything. salty chicken. It's not bad at all for humans either. No, no. I mean, it's made for human eating. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, And then I just get minute rice, right, that I can cook in the microwave instead of... I used to make these big pots where I'd like get you know chicken from the grocery store and you cut get it chicken up breasts and, right yeah. yeah put it in cut it up put it in the pot with the rice and like boil it all and it's like so much easier to just like microwave that instant rice uh and dump in half a can of chicken and it tastes better i think i think it's got a very good intense flavor for dogs yep. yeah so so that is if you end up having to do it i mean i think you probably can do it a little bit cheaper if you're the instant rice is pretty cheap um but the two but the chicken yeah, yeah it, you may be able to do you know find like cheaper chicken like that but if you know this isn't expensive canned chicken so if it's uh if you end up having to do it i highly recommend canned chicken and instant rice because it's just so much easier than a full prep and it lasts forever unlike you know chicken breasts in the fridge yeah that's right so hopefully she starts feeling better the fentanyl is at least going to make her feel a little happier. It's going to make her feel a little woozy, <laughs> a little fun. It does also slow down the GI tract. So. And our vet thinks increases the appetite. Yeah, that's great. That's Sorry. right. <laughs> she was talking about that. <laughs> um, so there you go. That's the Hopper update. She's not doing great, but it doesn't seem like any impending doom. And to balance the physical discomfort, she cannot wait ever uh, any day to go into the water and look at fish like yeah. this hasn't impacted her her desire to do what she loves which is stand in the water and look around at fish and crabbies but now she can't go in the water because she has the fentanyl patch right now but now she's probably dreaming of that very that intensely because of the fentanyl <laughs> um the vet said we're going to give her until monday and if she is not any better by Monday, we're going to do something else. She's like, I guess it could be Giardia. Is her diarrhea kind of yellow? And I was like, kind of, it's yellow. And she's like, well, it could be that. Can we test for this? She says it normally doesn't show up on a fecal. And Flagyl is an antibiotic that is used for Giardia, but there's some resistant strains that don't respond. And then you add in another antibiotic. So that's what she would do on Monday if Hopper isn't better. Okay. So that's the plan. I'm good with it being taken care of seriously. Giardia is a bad thing. Yeah, it is. Humans have it. I have never gotten it. Have you? Mm, you get it like drinking out of streams when you're no, camping. No, I don't think so. Um. All right, Vink. Vink has a hot spot on her face. Like right on her face. I don't know where she gets off just getting a hot spot. This is like getting a tattoo to spite us. <laughs> Come on, Vink. Um, but she's managing it and she's fine. She's adorable. Vink is, Vink is my idol still. Yeah, she's a good dog. Uh, Chief Brody also went to the vet on Monday because his bark is broken. And that's what <laughs> I told them. And everyone was like, so Brody is here because his bark is broken. And I said, yes, it is. It's I have a video of it. Now in the chart. And we caught a little video. And sure enough, he's laying there and he just goes, hoof, hoof, hoof. 
I mean, it's that loud. It's there's several layers to this, which is why is he barking in the first place? Because he's not. This is like after he eats. He's just laying there barking. And it's when we leave the room. When we, as soon as we come in, he stops. That's true. He looks at us. Yeah. But if we step out again, he goes. Howf. Howf. And it, so there's a whole lot of things going on, but he also can't bark. Yeah. And uh, there's a condition called laryngeal paralysis, which dogs get sometimes. And it means that their larynx gets paralyzed and uh, it will affect their bark. It will make them breathe kind of like really heavy sounding breaths <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> you like that good. sound effect? <laughs> I did. I did. It was very amusing. Uh, but it also is like problematic because they can have trouble swallowing. Um, they can choke on things. And he's already got like a little bit of a choking issue. Remember, we've had him the whole time. We brought him in the first time, which was like. Yeah, he does that weird like monster a, noise. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's good. We're Monster making a lot of noise. sound effects on the pod today. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just me? Is no, no, me? me too. I just, oh. I've made the barks and the weird breathing sound. Mine are good though. Um, so anyway, it, he does not have any symptoms of laryngeal paralysis or LARPAR is how some people shorten that. <coughs> LARPAR. It's not my stupid shortening. LARPAR. Um, he on. seems fine. And they said if, you know, if other stuff does start happening, um, that one of the treatments they have for laryngeal paralysis is acupuncture, that it's actually quite responsive to that. And uh, our friend down the street, Bahia, she has LARPAR, um, a kind of mild case of it. But yeah, um, you can tell like in her uh, in her breathing, like when she's exercising. And she gets excited. She bar she kind of <laughs> instead of barks yeah and when yep. she runs around here she goes you know she swims off our beach sometimes yep um so i was telling her mom this week that you know dr faith or is this dr stacy that they they said they will do acupuncture and that it helps with it and so she might get some yep so good job cb for bringing knowledge to our friend otherwise cb is a solid citizen and is a good boy guac has not had any issues this week. Guac is a rock. Thank you, Guagomain. He has been repaid because now that Taco Bell has nacho fries again, mm-hmm. we've been giving Guac tacos again. Guagomain gets Taco Main. Yeah, but, but, it's, but he's been just great. You can leave him outside. He doesn't run away. He doesn't swim away. He is just solid. He... he took a lot of work also because he was not our typical profile, but he really totally. turned into our golden ratio dog and his like core temperament once he finally settled in is like what we want he i mean you were he was overwhelming at first you were yes, he was. I overwhelmed cried. by um, i didn't want to necessarily go there but you but yes you were you were very stressed with this nut job and we brought him to michael and and got him trained and but now he kind of gets it yep. he hangs out i mean he will hang out in the water waiting for us to throw a ball for like 15 minutes he doesn't care he just oh, there. he'll sit there for like three hours. He just lurks. Yeah, just you can you look at the seawall and there's just his little eyes. Yeah, peering. But over he the doesn't top. swim away. He doesn't run away. He doesn't chew on shoes. I mean, there's so many things that he could do that he doesn't. He just wants a little avocado sometimes or a little blow high yep. to soothe himself. So that's dog updates. Holy cow! Did we do all seven? Wow! Yeah, we did. Amazing. I better count now on my list to make sure. We've I been doing do a lot of dog counting. I count them when I feed them. I count them when they're in bed at night. Yeah. Because my nightmare is like Vank sitting outside, going, "Where is everybody, <laughs> guys? Guys, where, where, where are we? Are we going back out?" Yeah. 
Um, all right. I, this podcast is so long that I was like, maybe we should skip ramblings. Ooh, but like, do a two-parter. Make it two parts. We could cut it. <laughs> We're just gonna make it one part. No, I can't do that. Make it seven parts. Oh one for each dog. Okay. <laughs> uh, here's the update. Here's my ramblings. Yeah. We didn't even do administrative corner though. You don't have to do ramblings. Oh, Maybe God. this is a no rules. No, no, no. Come on. We, we got a cocktail of a week. Is it? Do you have anything for administrative corner? Um, no, I haven't heard any updates from the plushies, and you know we're taking care of the metal. Oh, issues. you know what yeah. I do? Yeah, the metals. Um, this week I was gonna send them all on Monday, and you guys, there's been like a lot of shit going on in the household, which yeah. the last hour and a half should have told you. There's been other stuff besides dogs too. You've been traveling. We've been traveling. Everyone's been traveling. There's been a lot going on. Um, so yeah, the metals. Everyone who's emailed about a missing metal, I'm sorry, it's a little more delayed, but um, I'm gonna get them all out this weekend. So. It it is happening. She meant tomorrow, metaphorically, not literally. I know. Uh, I literally meant it, and I it was just wrong. I'm just saying. All right. Thank you for remembering administrative corner. It's. Uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I never forget it. All right. Um, ramblings. Okay. I just I got one item, which right. is an update on the fish drama. Go the, for it. The fish fraud. Fraud the fish? walleyes with had the weights oh, in them the, at the fishing the tournament. The heavy, the weighted fish. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the chunky fish. After Cleveland fishing cheating scandal, Lake Erie tournaments to utilize metal detection device. Nice. And they're going to do polygraphs. Wow. All right. Wait, they're going to put the fish through a metal detector like a little I'm going to read you the article. <laughs> Let me read you the article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Organizers of the Fish Brawl and Walleye Slam also Wait, plan to continue to That was em- always the title. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also plan to continue to employ a polygraph/VSA test to check winners for honesty and integrity. What? Following independently of jamming weights in your fish or not? Dateline Cleveland. <laughs> Following the controversy surrounding last month's Cleveland fishing tournament. Wait, there was no controversy. The guys cheated. This is bad journalism, guys. It's not a controversy. That resulted in the indictments of two men accused of allegedly placing weights <sighs> and fish fillets inside their catch. I know, I'm sorry. They opened the stomach and there were <laughs> other fish fillet stuffed in there. For like frozen fish fillet stuffed in there. This is not like a fish that was like... I gotta make some more weight. I'm gonna swallow some lead weights and bulk up. No, this was a dead fish that got weights shoved in in his or her mouth. Poor fish. Uh, so <laughs> controversy, my foot. So after the the men were indicted, accused of allegedly placing weights and fish fillets in their catch, they did it. <laughs> a pair of Lake Erie tournaments are responding with new safeguards. Both the Lake Erie Blaster, it's B apostrophe Laster. What? Blast, I don't know. What's, What's the apostrophe right, doing hey, in Let's there? do some side. The B Laster? <laughs> hang on, I'm going to look. The best Laster? What the freak? You can't just put apostrophes in things. It, it, lead, it leads to many questions. Okay. <laughs> There's this logo here. Blaster. Work it like a pro. Yeah, go on. Uh, hang on, Blaster. That doesn't explain the apostrophe. I know. I'm wondering if it's like the sponsor. <laughs> is it is an accent? Bla- is it an accent? <laughs> uh, 
Well, I don't think there's ever accents on a B, <laughs> are there? Fit? Well, no. People put umlauts on everything, too. It's fine. I mean, because that's fun. It's fun to put umlauts <laughs> on things as an American. All right. Blaster mm. makes lubricants. <laughs> and wait, are you I'm glad making, you went down that hole I'm right now? I'm not making this up. You she, ready? This is live no. information right now. Live information. Wait, wait. Unfiltered. Stop talking. You're preventing us from getting to the good part. No, no. Blaster products, lubricant, and penetrants <laughs> work it like a pro. <laughs> oh. That's the title of their webpage. I think the anticipation lubricant was good. <laughs> and penetrants work it like a pro. Oh, dear God. We are in the middle of fantasy fest in the keys so it's everything is oversexed and stimulated around here so this is terrible timing for this terrible timing oh my god All right. this is live googling she's doing and she's having regrets i can i can see your face and you're having regrets <laughs> remy regrets uh okay here we go about shut up why all right. Blaster brand products are born from professional applications where only the strongest survive. You think it's B-Laster? B-Laster? could be. Blaster? What the frick? Brandon born in Cleveland, Ohio, the heart of the Rust Belt. In 1957, William K. Wesley started Blaster, B-Laster Chemical Company. 57. By opening the original PB Blaster in response to a problem a friend was having with a phosphate mine in Florida. Their what? mining equipment could not be taken apart for maintenance and repair because of the buildup of corrosion, phosphate, and moisture. Nothing could break through the corrosion until PB Blaster. PB Blaster is still the number one selling penetrant. That apostrophe makes no sense then. It's just we they bought know. an apostrophe because it was cheap, cheaper than a letter. <laughs> it should just be Blaster. They want to blast off corrosion. Hang on, my, go my search bar, some reason, keeps going to Wikipedia. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why it's called that. That's one sad-sounding dog. Do you want to handle that? Okay. All right. Uh, we have moved Cheddar into the office. We have allowed Remy, who is going a little apoplectic in the bedroom, out into the main space. Uh, Nacho is crying in his room. It is also dinner time, so we're going to wrap this up. But we went down a little rabbit hole trying to figure out what the heck blaster was and <laughs> we we don't know more except that they well no we know it is a lubricant and penetrant <laughs> and they sponsor the fish brawl <laughs> is it b apostrophe raw no <laughs> no that would be very <laughs> See, funny <laughs> so many missed opportunities if you're gonna have a fake apostrophe in your name blaster you might as well have a fake apostrophe in everything both the lake erie blaster fall <laughs> brawl and the National Fishing Expo's Walleye Slam will utilize devices to detect metal and other foreign objects that may be hiding inside a fish being weighed. Give, hiding in, may have been inserted into a fish after they their demise. According to tournament director Jason Fisher, quote, if a fish... Is his name really J Jason Fisher? Get out. <laughs> it is. With, with a C. Oh, my God. <laughs> if a fish is seized by the blaster fall brawl or walleye <laughs> slam the length and weight will be held pending further inspection pending successfully passing the inspection conducted by craig lewis and jason fisher the entered fish length and weight score will be honored by both the blaster i assume 
he went on to say and something else but that's where the quote ends here this is excellent material tournament organizers also plan to continue to employ a polygraph polygraph slash bsa test to check winners for honesty and integrity prior to claiming their respective prize what's the slash what's bsa slash bsa verification mm-hmm. system analysis mm-hmm. let's see what? stop searching wikipedia why it's not me no no this is, i'm the problem here bsa is voice stress analysis oh for pete's sake could you get less <laughs> credible than even a the polygraph which is already not admissible in court because it's have you ever been polygraphed no i have extensively because i suck at getting polygraphed because you have had top secret clearances not because you have been accused of multiple no crimes. no no it was when i was getting my job at the nsa yes I got not because you know you may or may not have been the multiple serial killer <laughs> uh i'm not a serial killer so that's what not even a non-serial say, killer. That's what someone would say who can like, <laughs> mess with polygraphs. The fishing competition scandal that emerged from last month's Lake Erie Walleye Trail Tournament tr- received... I was trying to make sure that wasn't trial. It's trail. Received national attention and the intention of investigators after video showed weights and fish fillets allegedly discovered inside the catch of... Fish course. fillets. They were discovered inside. I know. I, know. I saw the video. They, they fell out of the fish. <laughs> The two were indicted. We talked about that last month. Yep. Um, and and cursed by other contestants. Quaint. Appropriately. I think shaming is not a bad thing sometimes. Oh, so this is a little bit just extra info on that. According to a release from the prosecutor's office, Runyon and Kaminsky, these are the fish cheaters. Yes, they are. I will never forget those names. The fifth degree felonies are punishable by 12 months in prison and up to $2,500 in fine, while misdemeanors in the fourth degree felonies are punishable by 30 days in jail and $250 in fine. So Interesting. There you go. Fish update. Um, Taste of the Keys, it's Fantasy Fest. We went down um, to the Fantasy Fest like locals parade, which is basically just hanging out on Duval Street. And I asked Ingo, you don't need to tell me the number, but I want you to think about the number of bare breasts that you have seen in person cumulatively in your whole life and compare that total to the number that you have seen tonight in person i would say i saw more last night i mean like again for fantasy fest body paint counts as clothed they weren't all body painted though yeah some were not but even the ones that are body painted i'm counting as Unclosed. Yes, you should. Realistically, they're still boobs. They're just blue. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're part of a costume, or they are. There's the Garfield and the boobs were the eyes. Garfield. <laughs> There's a whole thing. Anyway, I saw more uncovered, maybe painted, boobs last night than I have in my life. Cumulative. L- live cumulative. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and people were very like fun about it. It was it was a very weird mix. It was very wholesome, considering there were a lot of exposed body parts. Yes, that's right. They, I think because there are so many like sanctioned and organized sex parties that nobody feels the need they have it to do was in the street. unraucous, which yeah. is interesting. Everyone was just walking around being proud of themselves and their costume, which was a very nice vibe. And there I were plenty say. of full clothing costumes as well. Yeah, like the Ninja Turtles guys are um, jumping around and a lot of group I'm, costumes. I'm sorry, did you not watch that Ninja Turtles video again? The guys did have shorts on, but the Ninja Turtle ladies were topless. Yeah. 
good. Count them as my, uh, add them to my totals. I'm just saying that we were talking about whole covered costumes and the Ninja Turtles were quite not that. Well, they had shells on their backs. (laughs) A backpack and topless lady does not count as clothed. It's something. (laughs) It was interesting. Anyway, it was not gross. Yes, that's right. It's a very interestingly wholesome, confident, non-threatening was mm-hmm. what I was going for vibe, right? Yep. Yeah, everyone's just like, yeah, we're just naked. It's cool. I have a uh, highlights video that I'm trying to figure out where the heck to post it. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if, like, the Patreon slash Super Followers want to see it. Uh, yeah. I, it might get kicked off of certain platforms because yeah. it is NSFW. Well, it's all painted. <laughs> it's the fantasy zone. So in there, body paint counts as clothes. I know. Um, These are the rules. There are actual, there's like pages of rules for Fantasy Fest. Yeah, and this is are. one of them, which is no nudities permitted in the Fantasy Zone. Body paint counts as no nudity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very interesting. Whoever drafted these is like a lawyer who's having a good time. <laughs> Definitionally, this is not nudity. <laughs> yeah. So the big parade is tonight, which we were going to go to, and now it's unclear if we're going to go to it. Come on. Uh, it's in an hour and 20 minutes, so we got to get going if we're going to go. It's going to be fine. Okay. Uh, well, it's Key West. They're all going to be milling about. Give us a quick German word of the week, and then we're going to wrap this business up. Verwüstung. <laughs> What's that mean? Devastation. Oh. But it interestingly, it means if you just take the parts, Verwüstung means turning into a desert. Oh, I can see that, though. But it's like... It's a weird that that's the idea of devastation because it means like to trash a whole house is favusted after a tornado. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It isn't really a desert. Yeah. But I could see culturally, that's I guess, that it's in the desert is the worst thing you can say. Like that's that's yeah. a, just a bleak, barren, you know, if your house turns into a desert, that's bad. Yeah. Anyway, favustung. Favustung. Yeah. Destruction, devastation, bad things. All right. Well, this podcast is too long for Ingo Corner, so save it for next week. I'm good with that. Okay, great. I've been interjecting all my thoughts and corners already, as you know. Um, All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for all of your positive support. And uh, until next week, Slava Ukraini, and don't bite anyone unless they ask you to. Yes, even at Fantasy Fest. Especially there. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.